Welcome to U.S. Law Shield Live at the News Desk in Houston, Texas. I am Sam Malone. As always, thank you for joining us, especially during the Christmas and holiday season with Christmas and New Year's Eve coming up and gift giving when it comes to firearms and all kinds of accoutrements. Uh, what we do here is cover and tackle the 2A Second Amendment, 2A stories that would just make you spit out your coffee. And we do it with the help of the top independent uh, folks out there, independent attorneys out there with U.S. Law Shield, like Edwin Walker, who's been so kind to join us many times throughout the year. Uh, he joins us via Skype. We're on social media. You can leave, obviously, we want you to leave your comments and questions. And if you want to direct message us, uh, we will try to get back to every single person who reaches out to us on our Law Shield Live. Mr. Walker, how are you, sir? Pre-Christmas I'm, greetings. I'm doing great. How are you, Sam? And uh, Merry Christmas to you and all your folks there. You got it. One of the great independent program attorneys that you'll have access to when you are a member like me of U.S. Law Shield. Uh, for those who don't, it's kind of like a Q&A as to why it's important to have U.S. Law Shield and the card in your back pocket. Uh, Mr. Walker, this is absolutely crazy when it comes to those who are enemies of the Second Amendment. We'll take this out of Connecticut. Uh, headline, advocates place gun storage measure among top legislative priorities. Uh, a measure to tighten Connecticut's firearm storage law is expected to be on a short list of gun reform bills tackled in the upcoming legislative session. We're watched from coast to coast, from top to bottom. This is Insanity. Uh, walk us through initially. What is a gun storage law? Well, a gun storage law is basically a law that just simply says that you have to store your guns. Uh, generally, the most basic gun storage law is that you have to store your guns so that they cannot be uh, – you cannot store them in a reckless manner that would allow a child uh, – and that's statutes usually de define what uh, the age a person becomes a – stops being a child uh, – that a child cannot gain access to a loaded firearm. So that's the most basic gun storage law. That Texas has that law. So Texas, Texas Penal Code 46.13 says that you can't recklessly store a firearm so that a child gains access to it. And if they do, then there are certain criminal penalties. Uh, but what's required is, is that the child has to gain access to it. Uh, so if you, you know, if you have your firearm stored and your child never gain, you have your firearm stored, quote unquote, improperly, and your child never gains access to it, then there is no crime. But there is a crime if the child gains access to it. There's actually an enhanced punishment if that child injures themselves or somebody else by gaining access to it. So Texas does have a gun storage law. However, where these other uh, anti-gun governments, uh, most notably those in California, which allows cities to have their own gun storage laws, and now the law that you talked about proposing Connecticut, would criminalize any gun storage that doesn't meet certain requirements. And previously in Connecticut, they have a gun storage law, so it's not like they're just leaving guns out on the kitchen counter for the kids to get. Uh, Connecticut gun storage law apparently says that the gun has to be loaded. Well, a um, um, there was a child, a teenager who died in an in an accidental shooting in Connecticut, and so now they're saying this is the motivation for us to take out that requirement that it be loaded. Um, obviously, uh, this this 
this teenager in this tragic event was shot with a loaded gun. So I don't know how this would criminalize, uh, how this new criminal penalty would have prevented that particular tragedy. Uh, But now Connecticut is going to put in a law that says that the guns have to be unloaded. They cannot be stored with readily accessible uh, ammunition. And so basically what it's saying is, is that you can have a gun in your home, but we are basically going to make it illegal to keep it ready for self-defense purposes. Right. And I believe – I haven't read this particular bill, but it may apply to every gun. So it would apply to even folks who do not have children at home, much like myself. I've got guns laying all over the place, uh, loaded, readily accessible uh, to me because I live there. Uh, but it would criminalize somebody in my position uh, because my guns are loaded. They're not locked up. Uh uh, and see, obviously, the, the important part is is that my guns cannot be accessed by children. So I'm not in violation of Texas law, but would be in violation of some of these other states, which require things like trigger locks. They've been unloaded. Like I said, it makes it totally useless for self-defense purposes. And uh, San Francisco has a very, very, very strict gun storage law that was actually taken up on appeal. Uh, it was upheld as constitutional by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, and the U.S. Supreme Court had an opportunity to review this and say, look, we've already said you can keep a handgun in your house for self-defense purposes. If you make such requirements that make it impractical or impossible for self-defense purposes, that by the Second Amendment, Supreme Court had an opportunity to do that and turned it down. So now these local governments are given the, you know, given the green light. And they're like, woohoo, we can make any sort of gun, you know, we can make any gun law right, right. that we want. Edwin Walker, independent program attorney, U.S. Law Show. I'm Sam Malone. We're live. Um, yeah, and, and going back to Connecticut, the current statute in Connecticut requires only loaded firearms to be properly stored if a minor is, could have access to them. But now it's unloaded, it's loaded, uh Over in Massachusetts, it says the only state that requires all firearms to be stored with a locking device. If you're a single woman, you know, a single mom in a horrible neighborhood and you have been broken into before, uh, isn't the law abiding single mom at risk now for having to have some sort of lock or cable that goes through the gun when try to take it off when she needs it? Aren't we putting real Americans and real taxpayers at risk from the criminals? Absolutely. And that's the thing about it is, is that, yes, accidental shootings by children are tragedies and they're they're really heartbreaking. And but that's exactly the kind of emotional. But but people have to realize that they're extremely rare as well. Uh, Just think about the millions, tens of millions of firearms that exist in this country uh, that go unmolested every single day. And so. You know, while these isolated incidences are very tragic, they are used to invoke this emotional response to say, well, we could just have one more law and this would prevent it. Uh, instead of looking at the unintended or maybe perhaps in the gun folk, the anti-gun folks mind, intended consequences of basically disarming society. Right. And the thing about it is, is that these legislators, they think they're so clever. I mean, it, that's really – it's really – kind of disgusting how they say, well, you know, you may have a Second Amendment right to firearms, but you don't have a Second Amendment right to bullets, to magazines, to other accessories like bump stocks or trigger actions or scopes or laser sights. or So we can regulate all those, basically making your gun ineffective. Uh, and like I said, they, they really... Right. 
are so smug and so proud of themselves whenever they think of something. Ah, I know. Well, we can't regulate guns, but let's tax bullets at $1,000 a bullet. That'll prevent gun violence. And it's just idiocy because it only you know it only applies to of course people who choose to abide by the law um, and that's sort of what we've seen right. recently you know recently uh, a magazine limit went into effect in New Jersey a magazine limit went into effect in New Jersey just this past week where they don't grandfather any quote unquote high capacity magazines and so now the the police departments have been you know, directly asked, are you going to go start going door to door, knocking on doors, confiscating magazines? And their response was, well, we can't rule out any enforcement procedures right now. So basically they're saying, yeah, eventually we will go since you're pro since all these magazines that you had before the law came into effect, the state is going to come confiscate them. And it's really disturbing because this is really the only time that I can think of where the, a government has passed a law that has declared a previously lawful uh, piece of personal property, right. not a consumable good, not like alcohol or drugs or something that's consumable, but an actual piece of personal property that people may have owned for decades said, it's illegal, we're coming to take it, and guess what? You get no just compensation for that. So it's a violation of the Fifth Amendment as well. Edwin Walker, independent program attorney, joining me on our uh, U.S. Law Shield Live. When you're a member, by the way, I'm a member of U.S. Law Shield. Um, I'm a proud 2A guy. So it's great to have uh, attorneys like Mr. Walker standing by. When you're a member, you have access. This is the time now you want to look at it, especially in time for Christmas. A wonderful gift is a membership to U.S. Law Shield. Go to uslawshield.com. It'll ask you, there's a little promo box will come up. It'll say online code, and you go, yes, S-A-M, Sam, my first name. When you sign up for the annual membership, you pay for 12 months, but you get 14 months of coverage, right? Two free months gives you access to acts, acts, as we say, these kinds of questions from independent program attorneys. The other thing I'll mention is when you're a member, and, and Mr. Walker can back me up on this one, it's a 24-hour attorney answered hotline. So, sir, even if someone has a question or there's an incident on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve, you, your crew is there, correct, all over the country? Yes. In the event that a law shield member is in a crisis situation, has an incident, uh, a police interaction involving self-defense or firearms or other weapons issues, uh, call the attorney hotline. It is answered every single day, every single hour uh, by an attorney. Got it. And final question, uh, going back to this uh, extreme actions by anti-Second Amendment crew. I didn't know this. You know, you cover the stories and you learn Massachusetts is the only state that requires all firearms be stored with a locking device. That's according to the Giffords Law Center, right? I, I didn't know that you had to lock up everything. And I asked this <clears throat> along the lines of the Fourth Amendment, right? The legal search and seizure and, you know, my property should be my property. How would the state know, sir? Uh, how would they know if Sam or Edwin doesn't lock up every single firearm with a locking device? Well, that actually gets into some very detailed Fourth Amendment law, um, which if the state has reason to believe, uh, if they have probable cause to believe that you're in violation of the law, which is you know, basically the opinion of the police officer to say, I know this guy owns firearms. I believe that he's storing them without a lock. I'm going to go search his house. Now, generally, uh, they do need a warrant 
because of the you know, unless they can establish these exigent circumstances. However, the thing about it is is that many judges, and of course the police know who these judges are. Many judges just rubber stamp every single warrant. You know, they say, oh, it, you know, there is supposed to be a constitutional standard or probable cause, but probable cause is really in the eye of the beholder. And this, the courts have upheld that the judge has very broad discretion in granting search warrants. And so what may be probable cause to one judge is not probable cause to another. And the police officers know who the judges are that give the easiest warrants. Horrible. It's absolutely scary as all get out. That's why you need access to independent program attorneys like Mr. Walker, when you become a member of U.S. Law Shield. Keep your comments and questions coming. Like I said, if you want to uh, direct messages, DM us uh, through social media. We'll get back to every single person as quickly as we possibly can. Mr. Walker, thanks for the insight. As scary as the topic is, uh, Americans need to know what's going on in states that they may not live in because someday that could creep up on their beaches. Well, yeah, and the scary thing about it is is that, you know, it's often referred to that states are the laboratories of democracy. I've never really been happy about that term myself. But states are the laboratory of democracies because – and what they are is is that, yeah, the, the, the leftists, the anti-gun politicians, if they get something passed in one or two or three states, guess what the next stop is? The U.S. Congress, and it's going to apply to every uh, all of us. So, you know, people may choose to live in Connecticut and choose to live in Massachusetts. In uh, California, but just because those ideas are acceptable in those states does not right. mean they're going to be acceptable in Texas, Louisiana, Oklahoma, the Dakotas, Wyoming, um, you know, your states where we have a little more common sense. Amen to that. Great chatting with Edwin Walker, independent, independent program attorney, U.S. Law Shield member. They're reachable. Attorney answered hotline 24 hours a day when you're a member, uslawshield.com. Online code is SAMSAM. When you sign up for the annual membership, you get two free months. Mr. Walker, once again, blessings to you. Thank you for being an educated voice for millions across the graded, the great states, uh, all together in the United States of America. How about Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year? Thank you, Sam. It's always a pleasure to be here. And I hope everybody does have a Merry Christmas and a very prosperous and Happy New Year. Amen to that. From the news desk in Houston, Texas, I'm Sam Malone.